In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Back in college, I attended a seminar titled Understanding How Others Misunderstand You. A lot of interesting things were said, but one of the things that stuck out to me was how people have the tendency to do nice things in order to have nice things done to them. In a personal relationship, this can be very toxic because being nice or doing things for another person inevitably leads to creating some sort of leverage in order to get a return. It usually comes out like this. Why don't you buy me flowers more often? I mean, I make the dinner for you all the time. Whether if you're that sort of person or not, part of us always craves to have something nice done to us in return for what we do. That is normal, but that is not the way of Jesus. In the Gospel reading, James and John ask Jesus for the two highest places of honor. Now, even though it's these two who ask the question, all 12 of the disciples are interested in those spots, and they're angry with James and John simply because they beat him to the punch. Every disciple wants those places because every disciple has served with Jesus. They have done the things that Jesus had asked. But, as Jesus has already said, they don't know what they're talking about. Now, what they don't know what they're talking about doesn't have to do with what they did or will do. They have served three years with Jesus, facing persecution and mockery, and they will all, except for John, be martyred. And to a certain extent, because of these things, that's why they expect to be served in honor in Jesus' glory. It's not what they do that they don't get. What they don't understand is what it means to serve, period. Service is about doing something entirely for the other. That means all their time with Jesus, all the nice things they have done, all the faithful things they have done, does not count for anything with regards to them. They are to expect nothing in return because their service isn't about them. Jesus is teaching the disciples that service can't be used for anything besides itself. This is the antithesis of the way of the world, or as Jesus says, the way of the Gentile rulers. Typical of an annual job review, the disciples are only expecting what many expect when they've done well for the company. They expect something in return. Recognition, more pay, a different or higher honor position. And in doing this, all 12 of the disciples are acting like the Pharisees, who do good in order to get something in return. The Pharisees established their service throughout the Gospel of Mark so that they can make claims on 
other people's lives. They expect others to do what they say, or they expect someone or everyone to recognize what they've done. They serve others, and they say their prayers so that it can return to them, which means they actually use people and they use God for themselves to get something for themselves. This way of life is completely self-referential. However, the way of Jesus, the way that Jesus shows today, is completely self-denial. Jesus is teaching the Twelve and us that the kingdom of God cannot be bought with service and it cannot be influenced with service. Jesus isn't interested in service being another form of dominance or coercion, as if Jesus is repackaging the way of the world in the form of Christian leadership. Jesus isn't replacing lording over people with power with lording over people with service. If he was, then he would simply be replacing fear with guilt as a way to motivate people in the Christian life. Jesus is simply interested in serving for serving's sake because this is who he is. He is the servant and slave of all. Now, in reading the Gospel of Mark, one wonders if Jesus' word is actually received. And to a certain extent, it isn't. When you get to the end of the Gospel, Jesus actually never creates a community that serves. Jesus dies alone, knowing his disciples abandon him, and in spite of his promises to be with them, at the end of the Gospel, he is gone. However, out of this seemingly failure, a community of service is actually created. A church is born and exists, which goes to show the radicalness of Jesus' service. Jesus' way of service is only completely understood. It's only received after he's dead, after giving his life as a ransom for many there is absolutely no opportunity for return. Now, if this seems like giving or serving, expecting nothing in return, is impossible, let's be clear. It is impossible. The first thing for you to do is to confess your sin that you can't serve without thinking about how it will return to you. Remember, this is normal, but this is not the way of Jesus. The only way service happens is by God's doing. And it does happen because of God's doing. In you, through the forgiveness of sins. This means, then, that service does actually happen today. In this world that happens to always think of itself. But this service happens only in faith. Apart from you but at the same time in 
and with you. The life of God is alive in the church, in and with you. Every attempt to serve the many, whether it's church or the world, with our lives means a death to ourselves. It means not making any claims about what we've done and what we expect from other people because of what we did. As much as giving our life in service involves a death, it also means a life. Jesus promised just before the Gospel reading his death and his resurrection. A death to self and a resurrection to a new life. Thus, as you give your life in service, the resurrection shows that service is a way of life of pure grace. A life that doesn't return in on itself, but lives for the other. Because this is the life of Jesus. Thus, in Lent, when we serve, we can serve with great confidence and steadfast faith knowing that in spite of our death, Easter is just around the corner. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.